Omega. I'm your host, Kendall. With me, as always, is Jared. Hello, listeners. All right, Jared. So it's been a month or six weeks or something since we recorded last. What have you been reading? All right. Uh, You know what? Actually, I stumbled upon probably uh, my favorite book of the year this month. And um, I found on that Hoopla app, um, the book Old Guard by Greg Rucka. Uh, that's an image book. And uh, it's based around a group of mercenaries that are unable to die. And it's not that they're immortal. I guess everyone dies at some point, but they're able to regenerate very quickly and live to, you know, over thousands of years. I think the leaders, ex- their estimated timeline is um, almost six or 7,000 years old. So it's... Um, I mean, it's always kind of cliche at the beginning because it's like the group's together for like one more job. They're like mercenaries and like that last job will put them over the edge. And it turns out to be, uh, you know, someone they worked for in the past. The job's set up and basically someone filmed um, like another group of mercenaries or whatever um, trying to gun them down and watching them regenerate. So everything's been kind of shown on film that uh, and recorded and sent to a remote place so uh, essentially their cover is blown and they're just trying to figure out kind of what the next steps are so it's um, the first arc is the journey of the the mission and it basically it turns out that there is um, someone that turned in the group someone kind of gave away the information to other people and set them up uh, for whatever reason we're kind of getting into that but um uh, it was there's a lot of really good action, um, interesting kind of character building. We got to see these people, uh, you know, kind of their origin stories or kind of how they first died. And as a group, they've worked together and kind of fought by each other's side since, you know, earlier. Like I think they're talking about like Napoleonic Wars and things like that. So it was interesting to me to, you know, the whole group of characters. Um, I mean, there was a lot of you know, kind of fun comic book violence, definitely a mature book. I've always, you know, most of the time I've always enjoyed Greg Rucker, Greg Rucker's work. So uh, for me, that turned out to be really kind of a gem. I was uh, kind of surprised. Uh, I almost wanted to pick it up before, but it was something where, uh, you know, I went to the comic book store. They had like issue two, three, and four, and yeah. they didn't have one or something like that. So it was like, yeah, don't, I'll catch up on it some other way. So it turned out to be really good. And so let's see here so you know we'll talk about secret empire and as well as metal uh, uh-huh. besides that not a whole lot of not a whole lot of things really kind of stick out for me i did i have been picking up some of the uh, marvel generations issues and um so and have, if you've been reading have yeah, they go been ahead. good the generations because i've i feel like i've heard mixed things so i've read uh, thor and the wolverine and those were both really good. I heard the Incredible Hulk one was good as well. And if all of you have been reading Secret Empire, you know in the, the finale issue, not the um, Omega issue, that everyone was kind of whisked away for a second or was able to see some sort of 
you know, past or whatever. And it's basically each character going back and interacting with its previous self. So kind of setting up or, you know, the previous person who held that mental mantle. So they're getting the legacy stuff kind of creeping in. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I mean, they're, you know, ball stories there, you know, we're never going to hear about this ever happening again, but uh, they're still, kind of, they're just still kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and they've actually been pretty good so far. So, um, I don't talk to people about comic books very much, certainly not super deep, but sometimes I do go down internet rabbit holes and stuff. And I find <laughs> it really interesting how, uh, certain people are like really, really upset with the generations one shots because they don't like, especially like now that we know that they don't really have significance to continuity, that they're basically just like little one-off little one-off stories. How do we just call them an annual? Then everyone can shut up and (laughs) deal with the rest of their lives. That's basically what they are or like an introduction annual. I mean, it's, a precursor to things to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's basically, yeah, if you want to think about it as an annual, then it would make sense. It's the secret empire annual and they've just done it for how many other characters, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's interesting. It's just, int- I don't know. It's interesting to me how like some people are like ang- I can, angry I about that. it. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's because it's, um, because it, they were like pushed pretty hard. They were marketed pretty hard, but that's I mean, true too. Yeah. I didn't have any desire to read them based on, you know, this is going to be an adventure with the, the, you know, the old version and the new version. I don't really need to read that right now. I mean, I might visit them when they show up on comic, when they show up on Marvel Unlimited, but it's like, you know, I'm like, okay with not reading that. Like, you know, to me, if, if something is non-essential reading, because it's uh, a mediocre story that uh, that doesn't have anything to do with continuity. I'm like, okay, that's one thing I don't have, one less thing I have to worry about, you know? Oh, I completely agree. I mean, that's a really good way of looking at it, and I can see why people would get mad about that. Uh, for me, especially with the Wolverine, I miss Logan. Not like, I don't want to, I mean, I like old man Logan, don't get me wrong, but I, I just miss kind of, you know, like the the classic version. So it's kind of fun to read a story. And honestly, that one was uh, written by Tom Taylor. Um, it was actually you know, kind of fairly emotional. Uh, and it was almost before, you know, him and Laura have ever met before. So it was really kind of, you know, a time traveler that they've had no interaction, but she obviously remembers everything that they've gone through. So, I mean, it was kind of touching on that end. Um, and that kind of made me want to get the Thor book. Um, and also because Jason Aaron was writing it. And it was still a fun story. Basically, it kind of reminds me of uh, Quantum Leap, where he's like just kind of jumping back uh-huh. almost into another time and dealing with this quick story, then moving on. Um, and yeah, it really won't maybe ever affect the Marvel Universe. I mean, maybe somehow it will could potentially impact a future decision or interaction with them in the future. It wouldn't surprise me if they would try to kind of make some sort of connection at mm-hmm. the very end. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're pretty much like an, it's it's just an annual. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I don't think there, I really don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just, uh, I think the I thing is, I see what you're saying too, how marketing it was, that, yeah. you know, how marketed and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. I think, I think the thing is like, I, I mean, I, I miss Odin's son Thor to some extent, although I'm not like a huge Thor fan, uh, 
Spider-Man, I still get my Spider-Man, you, you know, my Spider-Man tastes or whatever. Uh, but really, I mean, I guess Wolverine, I do miss, I do miss regular Wolverine because I'm kind of tired of old man Logan. And, uh, even though I like X 23, I just, uh, it's, it's been hard for me to get into her. It's like, just her solo stuff. Yeah. Just feel my Wolverine yeah. void. Um, so I could, I could definitely see why, why, uh, doing one of these, having a one shot of like, if I was a Hulk fan, if I was a, if I was a big Hulk fan or if I was a big Thor fan, I could see why one of these one shots would be really appealing. Cause it's like just a taste of what you remember. Um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite issues of any comic of all time was amazing Spider-Man 700. And I can't ever remember <laughs> if it was 700.1 or 700.2 or 700.3 or 700.4. <laughs> but that that whole I think there was four I think I'm pretty sure it was four issues, but that whole story arc was like after or or it was Was Conway writing that? Um n- no I no, I'm pretty sure it was Dan Slott. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I don't remember who was writing them, but uh, say, I, I, I can actually remember you talking about this because I think I ended up buying the first one and wasn't sure about it. And then you bought the rest of them. Yeah. And you said you really enjoyed it. Yeah. But it was, yeah. Yeah, it but was, it was like, basically, the, it was like we had, we were down some dance slot rabbit hole at the time. I, I want to say yeah. it was, I want to say it was superior, but I, yeah, no, it, I think it was, yeah, it might've been like right after superior. I think I could have been like the transition after it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, um, but then it was, like, but it was just these sort of, kind of out of time, like just generic Spider-Man stories. And, and I think that's, you know, that's sometimes that, that, that can be really cool when you kind of go away from the roots of a character for a while to explore other things and then return to it. And I think that's what these could have been. I don't know if they actually achieved that. Uh, But also I just don't, I just don't, I don't care about Jean Grey and the Phoenix. Yeah, I won't pick that one up. I won't pick up the Captain Marvels. I, I mean, I probably won't pick up any more if there's mm-hmm. going to be any besides those two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the Captain America and Captain America one would be kind well, of maybe interesting. Maybe I might pick that one. Yeah, that, um, that, I don't know. I wish it was kind of Captain and Bucky, but I guess they already did that love story before uh-huh. not too long ago. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to talk about some stuff I've been reading. Yeah, go um, ahead. So we had Action Comics finally revealed who uh, Dr. Oz is, or Mr. Oz, or whatever is. Whatever. Dr. Oz, that's like the, uh, the daytime, the daytime talk show doctor. <laughs> it's Superman's uh, dad. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, but big spoiler alert. Um, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's Jarrell, um, and... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, it is Mr. Oz, it's not Dr. Oz. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it turns out it's Jarrell. Um, this issue was really good, uh, 988, was was really good. It was, um, basically, uh, Mr. Oz has been infiltrating, like, every single corner of human scum. Like, uh, you know guerrilla rebels in in africa and like uh oil tankers and uh 
white supremacists and and uh, eco activists and and just just every I guess not that eco activist not I I shouldn't say scum but like has been like bringing out the the violent and chaotic chaotic sides of all these different corners of of the of the universe of the earth of humanity and uh and basically had everybody do terrible things all at the same time so superman couldn't couldn't save everyone it makes and, sense and uh and basically he's jor-el is like if i had known that you were if i had known this is what earth was going to be i would have sent you someplace else like earth <laughs> is terrible or humans are the worst yeah, yeah. But it was a really, it was a really solid issue. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay. Another, another great, great, great single issue that came out this, I think it, it yeah, this came out uh, last week. Um, Amazing Spider-Man 32 was a, uh, it was, it was like, if, what if it was, what if Norman Osborn was Dr. Strange? Um, like, cause, uh, at the end of the last, uh, Green Goblin arc, um, Spider-Man inoculated Norman Osborn, uh, from the, the Goblin serum. So there's no possible way that Norman can, that, that he can get the, be infected by the Goblin again. Um, become or you know really become the green goblin again and and so he's he's like yeah finding finding any possible way that he can you know doing giving himself like doses doses of the serum that should kill like (laughs) 12 elephants and and going you know exhausting all these different resources and then he goes to these like mystic uh these like mystic people and it's it's a very very like trippy Dr. Strangey, but like a twisted thing. I don't want to, um, if in case, in case anyone like actually seeks it out, I don't want to like give away the whole ending of the issue, but it is a self-contained issue. That's just a really good Norman Osborn issue. Um, did Greg Smallwood, um, do the art on that? Let's see. Uh, cause I seen some screenshots. What look like, I thought what looks like, what you yes, might have been talking yes. about. Uh, Greg Smallwood. Yeah, some of the screenshots look incredible. Just some of that art looks nuts. It just looks really good, especially for Norman Osborn. And it's like, um, the thing is, like, a ki- and this is only something that's occasional. Uh, it's it, the, the once, especially once it gets into the mystic stuff, it's got this, like, fever dream feel to it that I, that, is associated. I associate with Doctor Strange, and I think that some of the classic Doctor Strange stuff was like that, but in a but it also was not like that because this is a modern comic, so it's you know also like darker and grittier than than something from the seventies probably was. But uh, yeah, it was a really cool, um, really cool thing. Uh, I also uh, gave Mister Miracle a shot. Okay, so um, how, well, how have you been liking that so far? Oh man, I think it's great. It is. Good, uh, yeah. It's like, so I mean, it's very reminiscent of Vision. It kind of feels like Vision meets Watchmen, but not 
like that also. Like it's definitely its own thing. Um, but yeah, it's the panels of, definitely give you that feeling of Watchmen. Yeah, uh, but not even I guess not even Watchmen, but like, but like classic Vertigo books, like almost like, almost like John Constantine Hellblazer, or Sandman or something. Like, it's this it's this weird you know this weird world. I guess Sandman is probably the the closest thing that I can compare it to. Like Sandman meets the vision meets, uh, you know, but in the, in the Jack Kirby, uh, new God yeah. world, uh, it's just, it's a very, it's just, it's, it's simultaneously very different from anything that I'm reading, but also it's a style that I'm familiar with. So I know it's going to be good. I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of stuff that I probably should know about, um, like, you know, the new gods and a lot of that other stuff. Um, reading the wiki on the first issue helped out a bunch. I haven't gone back on the second issue, but I'm sure there's a lot of, when I read too, like the first intro is, um, the same introduction line as a certain issue, uh, of Mr. Miracle before. And like Mm -hmm. the, the ending comment as well, but I'm sure there's a lot of other things kind of, you know, in between those lines that, uh, you know, reminiscent of some of the earlier comics that, you know, I would probably have to go and do some research on my own that I'm sure just went over my head. So I am going to disagree with you on that. I think that this, that this story stands on its completely on its own. And even though there is a world that it's building on, it doesn't, you don't, you you can just take, if you just take, take it as it comes, I think that they provide enough context. That oh, no, no, can... I agree with you on that. But like doing some more research on like the pit or granny goodness mm-hmm. definitely adds a little bit more context as to why, you know, he's even asking Big Barda if she likes her. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I mean, certain things like that help me because I, I mean, I personally haven't delved into a lot right. of those types of stories. I mean, you're, I totally agree with you. I think having some of that extra knowledge. Um, just makes the story better mm-hmm. uh, and just adds more to it. But again, like you said, I think it totally stands on its own. Um, and that's why I wasn't necessarily in a big hurry to do any research. Cause like, I understand what's yeah. going on, but I definitely think too, you know, kind of just doing a little bit uh, more on my own, make it a little bit better. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. I'm actually, I'm act, but I'm, I guess I want to emphasize, I, I am actively like not seeking out additional information, not trying to, learn more about these characters. I want to, I, I think that this is going to stand on its own, like completely on its own. I got my wife to read the first two issues and she was lost, but I felt like it was like the right kind of lost. Like you're not totally sure of all these characters motivations and like granny goodness is sort of treated as a villain. But then at the end of the second issue, it seems like maybe she's turning around and and if I had, you know, I mean, the, my knowledge of the new gods comes from like two episodes of the Justice League cartoon. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I just, um, it's, I guess it's, it's really, really good. And, and the fact that, cause I mean, the new gods is, yeah, it's a Wikipedia thing. It's a Wikipedia hole. Um, I just, I really, really don't think it's necessary. Um, let's see. What else have I been reading? Uh, so I think Superman's come back. Superman, uh, there were a couple issues of Superman, uh, that was he, 
Yeah, no, I, I remember you telling me about uh, those. He went. Another... I forget what. I forget what happened in the last two issues. Um, I it may have been the last of Tomasi's issues. Um, that is it's okay. I can't look at. I can't look at the descriptions of of Superman issues on the Comicsology pull list because they're all wrong. That's about right, though. <laughs> uh, Don't like Superman anyway, Kendall. It's okay. <laughs> but this uh, this most recent issue was really solid. Uh, um, it was a Lois Lane focused issue where she goes to interview Deathstroke and sort of puts herself into trouble. And Superman is kind of overprotective of her. He gives her a <laughs> he gives her a taser, which is like if you're gonna. If you're gonna enter, if you're worried that Deathstroke is gonna cause you trouble, I don't think a little taser is gonna do much. But there's a tracking device in the taser, or, or no, it's not a tracking device in the taser. The taser emits a like Jimmy Olsen esque uh, sound that only Superman can hear whenever she uses it. So she she uses it, and then he comes and rescues her. <laughs> <laughs> and she gets kind of mad, <laughs> but so, so it was an interesting, uh, take. Um, I also, I also, um, read, I haven't finished it, but I read most of all-star Superman. Uh, it was on sale on comiXology the other day. Have you ever oh, read yeah, that? That's a, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I actually really like that story. See, I'm totally on the fence about it and maybe, and I haven't, I mean, I've got like two issues left, so it's, I've read most of it. But I think there's a lot of good moments. Uh, I kind of like those. I mean, I like Red Sun. Uh-huh. I mean, I've just heard, you know, they've always been kind of classic stories. So I think I picked it up at the library uh, a while back. I mean, I haven't read it in a while. I don't yeah. know if I could tell you everything that happens. But I also remember, like, um, like there's a couple really kind of cool panels where, you know, he's talking somebody off, the, you know, jumping off a building and committing suicide. Um, you know, there's just... Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just like a really kind of cool classic Superman story. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, so the first time I read it, I was not bought, I had not bought into the concept of Superman. Like I was like, I was kind of convinced that you can't write a good Superman story. Um, And so if you don't buy into Superman, if you, if you think of Superman as an overpowered, boring character, I don't think that, um, that all-star Superman would do anything to dissuade you on that. I mean, yeah, it has its moments, but it's also kind of, it is a, a, it, it is, it is Grant Morrison trying to write the best Superman story. And I feel like I've read the best Superman story a lot of times. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I've read red sun, uh, I've read, uh, Part of Man of Steel, I didn't read the whole run, but I read like the first the first issue or two of, of Man of Steel, which is also sort of trying to be like the definitive Superman story. And I feel like I feel like there are and then also I've seen, you know, movies and TV shows and and every everybody wants to tell this like definitive Superman story. Instead well, he of just like a telling standalone him. character, for him to be effective, seems to have to be like other way more people involved in his stories. Uh huh. See, I maybe that's the vulnerability. Maybe that's his weakness. Maybe it's you know everyone else around him being I mean, in trouble. 
I mean, I think that I think that a lot of a lot of characters have you know, Batman relies on his supporting cast a lot too. Um, but I think you can tell a, I think you can tell a good writer can tell a good solid Superman story and have it really be about Superman. Um, I mean, even, even the, the, I mean, the family dynamic of Peter Tomasi's run is really interesting. Um, the, I'm trying to think of other, I mean, the problem is that all the, all the essential, also I've read Secret Origin by Jeff Johns, you know, like all, all the, all the, all the like essential Superman stories are like the Superman story, you know, it, it just like, this feels like kind of just like another one of those. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it's just kind of the way you talk about a Batman story. I mean, there's people that love Hush, Long Halloween, um, you know. Courthouse stuff. It's it's one of those where I mean, has there ever really been like the definitive, like Batman be all end all story? So okay, so here's actually Batman's a really good example because I think Batman is like the polar opposite. Like, Hush is a great Batman story because it's about you know it's about this villain Hush and the stuff he does. Um, Long Halloween is my favorite Batman story. And aside from the fact that it features a lot of, you know, it features a lot of different villains, like, you know, like everything from Arkham Asylum to Nightfall or whatever, um, kind of brings out the same, falls into the, some of the, they do have some of those same tropes, but at the same time, these stories are, are a unique story that is part of Batman's life. Instead of just trying to be, there isn't really a, there isn't really a, 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 a series like a 12 issue series that is trying to tell the entire Batman story the way that, the way that it seems like a lot of times that comes up with Superman. Yeah, I can see that. I'd say, well, like year one, I think that tries to do is do, obviously that's, you know. Um, well, yeah, year one, and now that's alternate universe, though. Yeah, so well, it sort of it depends. I, I mean, well, I mean, so's All Star Superman is also an alternate universe. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing too. I, well, and I think we talked about it before. But, I mean, Batman too. I think he has just like, well, I think he's like some of the best rogue gallery, and that's a lot of his stories are really kind of based around his mm-hmm. the bad guys, and I mean, Superman. It's basically on him. He just has, you know, Brainiac and. Brainiac his, and Lex Luthor and yeah, and Luthor's now pretty much more of a you know more of a good guy in that sort of sense. So yeah, I mean that I, that that's probably like in the comic book world that's you know the 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 goal is to be able to create a Superman story that's different from others and actually make some as or even more relevant than say like a Batman. But then again, too, like I don't remember. Well, I'm trying to think of like. What about some other DC characters? Like, say, Green Lantern. I mean, you can point to, like, Jeff Johns stuff, but, you know, is there any other kind of... Well, I guess, like, Blackest Night. I'm trying to think of who I mean, else Green, would be so, some good So, examples. Green Lantern, I actually had this conversation with an old, with an old person the other day. Um, <laughs> so, Green Lantern has... Uh, he's got the Jeff Johns era, which is black, including Blackest Night, from, from Rebirth to, stuff, yeah. to uh, you know, basically into New 52. 
Um, but all the other, the only, really the only other stuff that Green Lantern has is it's got the um, the uh, transition from from uh, Hal Jordan to uh, Kyle oh, Rayner yeah. in the '90s. Kind of, yeah. it's like the Emerald Twilight, Emerald Dawn. There's like that. Mosaic was like a kind of an arc event ish thing too. Um, and then, but then the big, the big like classic. Like, like the- like the parallax story is that you're talking about? Yeah, or? well, yeah, the parallax story is what I'm talking about. Although I don't believe they actually called it parallax at the time. I think parallax is a term that Jeff Johns invented to explain why Hal Jordan suddenly became evil in the '90s. Yeah, um, no, you're right. But, but uh, uh, the hard traveling heroes, Green Lantern, Green Arrow run in the in the '70s is really like the the Green Lantern. The That's like the Green yeah. Lantern story that people always refer to. I'm trying to think of, well, I mean, obviously Flash has a handful too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing, the thing is, uh, really, really, I mean, the, the thing is, but even, even, uh, I'm, Use complete sentences, Kendall. No, it's like we just like devolved the conversation down to like, okay, so what were we talking about again? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, the until 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 relatively recently, the Flash was not a household name. Green Lantern was kind of a a B list character that that not too many people have heard of, and kind of came into his own with Jeff Johns run. Really, uh, you know, Green Green Arrow is still kind of a joke. Yeah. Except for that he's got a TV series now. Uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of the DC characters once you get once you get past Batman and Superman are the the drop off is pretty steep. Uh because unlike Marvel, Marvel, you know, Marvel got established Marvel has had the Fantastic 4 and Spider-Man, but then they had the X-Men and yeah. and the Avengers uh, you know, sort of creating a, a larger number teams. of characters. Um, and there's a little more, you know, more, more, more different characters. Whereas, uh, DC kind of, I don't, I don't know. They've, they've got, they've got their B list characters, but at, at its core, it's these, it's well, no, you just said it. Okay, so take a look at DC. So the the A list A list team is the Justice League, and then there's also say would Justice League of America, Teen Titans, would that be tier B technically? Yeah, I mean, I guess Teen Titans. So Teen Titans was as big as X Men in the '80s. So yeah, I mean, it's really and and what is Teen Titans? Teen Titans is made up of the sidekicks. Yeah. And then Marvel, but does have you know the Avengers? They have X Men. Um, you know what other groups do they have? It feels like we just went through. Well, a it's really more. Avengers, X Men, Fantastic Four, Spider Man, yeah. and then they've and then sort of the characters that came out of that. Like most of the most of the street level really characters, like were, Captain America and stuff like that too, has been. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. It seems like it seems I'm like you said more groups. I guess I guess what it is is that Marvel has more B level characters, uh, 
if if you're thinking that's a of, really good way of putting it too like yeah. if they you think of more solid b yeah than... it, like if you think of iron man as a before the iron man movie came out as a b-level character iron uh, uh, iron man and even thor and uh you know cyclops and uh, all these all these characters are like solid solid bees like most people probably have some idea who they are who are not comic book fans whereas through association of like wolverine spider-man they're basically known through association yeah yeah they, yeah those those guys are like the super a-list characters in dc it's like batman superman and then people know who wonder wonder woman is but I probably haven't, I mean, aside from like, I guess the Linda Carter TV series, like before this Wonder Woman movie came out, she was as far as, as far as people actually consuming Wonder Woman media outside of the Justice League TV series and, and yeah, the, the TV show that she had way back when, like, I honestly don't know. She's the token female. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's a, People don't re- like people don't acknowledge this, but I mean, Wonder Woman is just a female Superman. Like that's yeah. that's sort of how she was marketed initially. Um, but um, I don't know what my point is. My point is Superman should have better stories. We're, we've been we've been talking around in circles for a while. Let's change oh, the subject. Stuff. <laughs> it's been, yeah, we can change. Yeah. So yeah. wait. So uh, did you read Walking Dead or the most recent one? The Paul with, Fear with the, the princess? princess. Yeah. 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 Uh, what do so, you think? Okay, so I, I, I enjoyed this issue. Uh, just a quick recap. Um, can't go through everything because it's just impossible with Walking Dead. But um, Eugene has made contact with another group out of Ohio, and they're taking a group um, up from where they're currently at over in the Maryland, D.C. area. And they're making a stop in Pittsburgh. Um, and essentially, they kind of run into the sole survivor. And I think it's um, – it, actually kind of happy to see them taking the show on the road and getting to see how um, some other cities mm-hmm. um, kind of lasted. And what's really surprising to me was that she's, you know, according to her is what we know now, is the only person left in Pittsburgh. And being able to see a, you know, a city, even like a medium to large-sized city the size of Pittsburgh, being completely vacant after a zombie apocalypse when – Apparently, everyone and their brother is running around Washington, D.C. or Alexandria like nobody's business. Mm. It's weird to see kind of some of that other stuff. But um, um, new characters, kind of fun. Seems quirky. We'll see how this turns out. I don't know how long Michonne's going to be able to take her. But yeah. um, for me, it was, it was kind of a fun fun issue. Kind of see things progress a little bit. Yeah, I like her a lot. I really hope that she's just a fun, another fun, quirky, potentially iconic character. And that she's not like that. There's there's not more going on where she's you know working for some group or something. Uh, I also I like them traveling because it allows for them to sort of have that sort of uh, on the road see the see the world feel without um, without it being without them destroying what they've built up. Yeah. Um, so so it's yeah. I, I mean it's 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 solid. Uh, I almost know who most of the characters are now. <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing how expanded it really is and how many new characters come in. But yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's because it's if if it's if it would be better read, read and trade or whatever. But that's like the one thing about Walking Dead, and possibly because it's, uh, because it because of it it being on, ongoing for so long and all in black and white, and no superhero costumes. Like I, it outside of the core <laughs> characters, like. I'm sure I'm supposed to feel something when this random character gets killed off, but uh. no, maybe you're not. I think the, that's probably why the uh, emphasize the character death so much and spend like three extra letters pages on that sort of stuff. But um, overall, I mean, it was it was nice to see the Eugene and Sadie conversation about Rosita and all that sort of relationship stuff. That was kind of nice to see. And how that was going to potentially go down. Uh, and actually the letters page in this was um, something I usually don't... I mean, I, I kind of skim through some of them. I like them because Kirkman actually responds back to most, if not all, these letters. Yeah. And he... Did you yeah. read this one? Um, so I think I did, but I just want to uh, tack on. The other thing that, that happens in Walking Dead letters pages that's unique is a lot of the letters are critical. Um, I think that way too often you go to letters pages and it's just, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. You guys are so great. Um, but yeah, a lot of times they kind of have a little more fun with it, with the Walking Dead letters pages. But yeah, this was the uh, the Romero, tribute to Romero, right? Yeah, so, and that's basically once they brought up Pittsburgh and... It was kind of funny too. He had a little antidote about how he had heard, I think, secondhand how George Romero thought uh, Walking Dead was just so, so, like, it was just a soap opera, and kind of wrote it off. And how, um, you know, it, it feels like he handles it well. It's like he said, you know, just being kind of mentioned by him is really more of an honor. You almost kind of feel like. You really wish kind of Kirkman was like get a pat on the back from your hero. I mean, I think that's all really, you know, those artistic types. I think everyone's inspired by something mm. or someone, and being to be able to be acknowledged and not totally written off probably feels a lot better than kind of being written off as a soap opera. But he's like, I can't, you know, argue. It it basically is. Yeah. But if you know it wasn't for him, I would never have considered like, and and basically said it's. George Romero's movies with the concept of what if the survivors lived and it just kept going on. Mm -hmm. um, so <clears throat> it was a nice little note and kind of homage to him, but still you kind of see the underlying pain of yearning to be accepted by your idol. But uh, uh, who cares? He's like sleeps on a pile of cash every night. So yeah. <laughs> I don't feel too much sympathy tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, so before we start talking about the big events, were there any other books you wanted to talk about? I know I kind of cut you off in the middle of your books. Oh, no, no really. I was going to say, just besides the generations, um, <laughs> this, this is kind of a unique situation. Uh, for whatever reason, I was unable to make it down to the comic book store uh, for like two weeks in a row. In my tablet, I should have updated it sooner, but something messed up. I haven't been able to use it. So I've been going crazy trying to find new comics to read. I've actually gone back and... We read some of my old stuff, but I never appreciated being able to go to the comic book store and pick up just like a solid handful of books and being sit, being able to sit down there and knock out a bunch of new stories like, uh, you know, Omega, Metal, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm still doing some catch up, but um, 
the Green Lantern has been really, or Hal Jordan Green Lantern has been really good. And then there's been some tie-ins with uh, the New Gods. So that's kind of nice too, to be able to read some other company stories that I think mm. um, may kind of tie in a little bit. But um, other than that, uh, I'd say Old Guard has been my favorite. I really wish, I don't know what's taking um, Monday Morning Murder so long, but that's really what I miss. All right, so uh, let's let's start with uh, with Dark Knight's Metal. So uh, I think I figured out what's going on. Okay. And I think I'm on board. Yeah, we'll see, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're two issues in, so we're well, we're really four issues in. So yeah. hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of the series, I'll know whether I like it or not. Uh, the aesthetic is really cool. I thought I thought issue two was the most coherent issue yet. Very true. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, and we'll probably be able to go back and read this as a whole, and then you'd probably be able to look at you know issue one is really setting up a lot of stuff, but yeah, at the time it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, so I have I, a, I have a feeling that this is not going to be a series that I go back and reread. As a whole, I have a feeling I'm going to, like, take it as it comes and hopefully yeah. just enjoy the... If anything, I'm enjoying the, the aesthetic, the the designs of the... of Bat... What, what's what's the guy's name? Batman? The, but the other guy. <laughs> it's... What, the Damien or... No, it's Bat the, the, the evil Bat... The Joker Batman. He's got oh, a name. Oh, uh, the Joker that laughs... The Batman that laughs, like, the Batman who laughs, yeah, but, oh yeah, but he's got Batman a name. He's yeah. got a name, but I don't remember what it is. It's like oh, Bat. Yeah. It. I'm sure that it's pronounced more menacingly, but it looks like a really mundane word, and I can't remember what it is. Uh, maybe oh, yeah, I'll it's in here somewhere. I'll maybe I'll add it in, in. Maybe I'll edit it in. Um, little baby dark sides like Omega sign. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, but, so I don't Call know. Barbados. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bar, bar, bat, Barbados or something, whatever. I don't yeah. know. But I always read it as Barbados. I like do a, too. Yeah, like the, like the place. <laughs> so, so do you know, is the baby dark side thing something that came out of the, uh, that dark side event? There was a dark side event it had like to a have, year or yeah, two That ago. was like the previous event. It had to have been. Still, it was goofy. Um, yeah, that's like. That's one of those two words. Like, I, if I, yeah, I'd probably do some research to figure out what happened there, but I think it was from the previous arc. Which, uh, yeah, I liked. Yeah, I liked seeing. I liked seeing the baby dark dark side. That was in the first issue, or was it in the second issue? I think it was just in this issue. This was. I don't, the, that was the, I don't remember. Reveals. Like I said, uh, not super coherent. Um, <laughs> the Carter Hall stuff seems like completely separate, except for that it's the metal, the nth metal, or whatever. Um, what I read, what I read today was two of the tie-ins, they, uh, Nightwing and Teen Titans both had tie-ins and they oh, were nice. like part one and two of the story. So part three is going to be in Suicide Squad. So I'll have to decide whether I want to read part three, but, Ooh. uh, Gotham has been encircled in like the seven circles of hell and Damien and the Teen Titans and Nightwing and the Suicide Squad are kind of all working together to in various groups, like they're split up into two groups to kind of like go through the, so the outermost circle was 
the Riddler, so they had to go through the the Rid the Riddler's thing. Oh, and Green Arrow's there too. They had to go through okay. the Riddler's maze, and then then they fought Mister Freeze in the Nightwing issue, and it sounds like it's going to be Poison Ivy in the in the Suicide Squad issue, and it's just like a really fun. Uh, you know how you know how sometimes there'll be like a tie-in book that is like there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on everywhere, and we're five characters that are fighting the crazy stuff. Like oh, no, that's just like Secret Empire and like the bubble, like all the street heroes and caught in like New York City or the people outside of the shield. Y- yeah, yeah. Like if if, but unfortunately they didn't those. The, those stories didn't get their own mini series. Like if there was a mini series that was just the people okay. inside the bubble fighting or, or if there was a mini, especially if there was a mini series, well, I don't know. Would it have been the bubble or the, yeah, either one of those, but yeah, if there was a mini series of those, but like, I feel like there's a lot of times there will be those like a, there'll be like a Spider-Man mini series or something like that, where they're just like, it's just utter chaos. And they're just like, they're just like fighting the chaos. Their perspective, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like kind of a small story. And those are some of my favorite things that come out of these events. So uh, I guess I'll read the freaking third issue. <laughs> Suicide Squad. <laughs> Not a fan of Suicide Squad. Yeah, I get that. Um, but uh, yeah, I like the, yeah, I like the, the, and the reveal in the second issue of the like evil Batman justice league that was a cool picture that was actually a really cool picture and i'm <laughs> patiently waiting to see how you know is you know the superman gonna take out the superman the cyborg take out the cyborg mm-hmm. or you know they split up and yeah i'm curious to see how this goes and um <clears throat> i love events surrounded by batman so let's do it oh and also i think i might have mentioned it before too I love Batman accessories. His little headlight shape as a bat. I just, just, I just giggle seeing Greg Capullo like just drawing little bat accessories all over the place. Yeah, I like. I always like when there are, when you've got an otherwise very serious Batman story, and then there will be like a random element of extreme bat Batman camp. <laughs> oh, it's like I mean I. I just love it because if I was that rich and able to do that, oh yeah, last name's Wenzel, so I would have W-shaped ninja stars that I would throw at people, <laughs> and I'd have like W-shaped everything or create my own symbol. But yeah, no, I'd totally do that 110 percent if I was that rich. So, and that would have to be fun just to draw, like just to think of, you know, what if there's like a Batman cave? Can you imagine all the different like? Like bottle openers, remote controls, like just different bat shaped things you could Didn't, think of. Wait, wasn't there literally just a story arc where there where Batman had a Batman cave? I don't know. I'm I'm I thinking wouldn't surprise it, me. I mean it people may have had been, thought of that before. It may have been an all star after you dropped it, but before I dropped it. Uh but like somebody had figured out that Bruce Wayne was Batman and <laughs> provided evidence to the G C P D and so they got like a warrant to search the, <laughs> to search the premises and, um, found, they like literally found the, oh man, I, w- I almost want to say, yeah, I think it was this, uh, I think it was the second arc of 
or maybe even the first arc of, of all star anyway, but they found they like, I, I want to say like Alfred told, like gave up something. Cause like, you know, they yeah, basically in, in duress yeah, or whatever, you know, to saying. protect Bruce or something. Um, and then, and they go and they go like, you know, behind the clock or whatever to go down into the, and, but fortunately Batman had thought ahead and it redirected <laughs> into like, yeah, into like a, like a media room, like with a big screen TV and, and everything. That's funny. So he totally, totally had a Batman cave. Of course. That's great. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, I haven't, I dropped off a of Batman for a little while. So metal is kind of a nice little Batman fix without, without having to commit to the twice a month. Yeah. Those actually haven't been too bad. We're kind of wrapping up the, uh, Joker vs. Riddler story. Well, yeah, because I dropped the book, so it'll get good. If I pick it back up, it'll get bad again. Well, well, no, I mean, I don't know, I've heard some people have some mixed reviews, but no, I've I've been enjoying it. It's, it's kind of an interesting story. We'll see how it plays out, and it's basically Batman told the Riddler and the Joker that, you know, I'm going to help either at least one of you take out the other one just to stop all this. So we kind of figure out which side he picks and, and how he starts squeezing on the other side. So, um, yeah, we'll see. That could be pretty interesting, but yeah, I'm definitely in the metal. Um, Nightwing's been really good. Um, Hal Jordan's been really good. This last Hal Jordan, um, yeah, really kind of emotional. I, I just really like what Robert Mendetti's doing with the stories or what he has been doing with the stories. Um, a lot of really kind of good stuff. And, Interested to see really if any of this kind of current New God stuff going on in the Green Lantern story um, will ever bleed over to Mr. Miracle. So, yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh, also um, of note, we'll see. I never get these posted on time, but uh, September 23rd is Batman Day. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, when, uh, if oh, you're Batman. listening to this in August of 2018 when I post this, uh, whatever Saturday that is in September will be Batman day. And that is the best time to pick up, uh, Batman stories on comiXology. Cause every Batman story is available for $6 or something. And, uh, a lot of times they'll do on the actual day of, they'll do a free trade. I, they, last year they did volume one of, uh, of Batman adventures, like the, the, all ages book from the early nineties yeah. that went along with the animated series, uh, which is like a fun, it was a fun, quick little read, but it was free. Yeah. And there's also two, there's a, there's, there's also two issues that are currently free on comiXology. Uh, there's one that's Batman adventure number 12, which I assume is a Harley is the, is the introduction of Harley Quinn just because it's Harley Quinn themed for whatever yeah, reason true. coming up. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, the other one is a Batman and Harley Quinn one shot from earlier this year, uh, that are, both of those are free on comiXology right now. So I'll, I've been pretty good about posting podcasts and I didn't do an interview for, for my other podcast this week. Maybe I'll try to get this one posted by, by Friday. I don't know. What, what? It's been a, it's been a. It's been a rough, uh, rough week at work, so I'm not not making any promises. Although I did realize recently that I can edit podcasts while drunk. 
Oh yeah, it's definitely possible. So Secret Empire. Um, oh yeah. It ended, and then we got Omega. I don't think we talked about the very last issue. Had did right, we? right. The the it, it had not ended yet since in the when we when we last yeah, so recorded. We had technically, two issues to discuss if we'd like to, or we can just focus on just, the Omega. But well, let's just kind of talk kind of about it. Together. Let's just talk about it in the big picture because yeah. Uh, first of all, I want to say Secret Empire is. It's the only event, probably since Civil War, when I first started reading comics, that I wasn't tired of by the end. Uh, a lot of that, I, I think, is it. yeah. A lot of that is because they limited tie-ins, um, and a lot of that is because they they pumped it out so it actually was done by September, uh, and a lot it was of beautiful too. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say beautiful, but it was it was. Um... Very nicely illustrated. Yeah, um, the the rotating art team was interesting because it definitely was not consistent. Like you could really tell that there were different artists, but I think that's probably okay because they were. It was all it was all pretty good. Yeah, I mean they didn't yeah bring any rookies or anything. Well, not to say those rookies are bad, but no, yeah, they had a pretty good cast of people on that. And it. Also, also, it was kind of nice because it wasn't just the house style the whole time. I mean, I feel like Marvel has gotten away from that in recent years uh, where, where they'll let artists be a little bit different. Um, but especially if it was in a, being an event that is, you know, a big event with a rotating group of, art, of artists, um, a lot of times you would have them just draw in the Marvel house style and... And, you know, everybody trying to emulate everyone else and some of them doing better jobs than others. That's probably part of the reason that the art was so solid throughout. Well, they ended it pretty good with Sorrentino. And um, his style is definitely unique. You don't see much like him at all. Not that I can think of, especially with Marvel. Mm -hmm. My only little qualms is that um, it's basically the same faces that he used when he did Lemire's Old Man Logan. Like, folks <laughs> just like... Captain America. I was I like, was going to literally make that joke. I was looking for the opportunity of, of being like, oh, sorry, oh you like, oh you like Old Man Logan? Well, then you you really would have liked the way that they drew Captain America. Or, you know, you really oh. would you must have really liked Captain America in this issue. <laughs> That's like what I was thinking. I'm like, is this Logan? Is this how Wolverine comes back? <laughs> yeah, Maybe he is like the bad side of Captain America, and then turns yeah. into him instead. Yeah. I don't know. I Great yeah. Think like. So. Yeah, it, it was a it was a good issue though. Um, so I I heard one, um, and I would say that the Omega issue is probably the most political of all okay. of all of the of the entire story because it really went reports. into like the this idea of there was a group of people who for a moment was who, 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 who from, you know, everything was all screwed up. And then there was a group of people for who, for a moment had some, you know, had some real power or felt like they had some real power and, or see the table or at least their yeah. own. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, they realized everything was bad. And then, you know, so now there's, there's good, there's hope. Um, and, uh, and it, but, but eventually, those people who who stood you know who who felt like they had power they're going to realize that 
everything is that the system is still corrupt. Like it was really interesting. This idea that, and, and this is something that I feel like is, has always been true with captain America. Like you've got a character who, who stands for, um, you know, for thinking for yourself and rejecting authority and doing what's right, regardless of, um, you know, regardless of what you're told. Um, but he is wearing, he is captain America. Like he is, you know, he, he is representing the United States and all of the, all of the good and all of the bad, you know, he, he really, it really does feel like he's representing the government, even though he doesn't. And I think it's really interesting that, that oh, Hydra Supreme, yeah. uh, Nacho Supreme, uh, <laughs> Captain America, uh, point sort of pointed that out in this issue. Well, and they talk about how, well, he, I mean, he's, how he gets appointed to basically head of a shield and, and through internal, you know, procedure can essentially do whatever he wants mm-hmm. with the United States government. But it's just kind of like you said, where it's like, you know, is Captain America, you know, a puppet of the government? Is he the government um, versus is he, you know, basically right now what everything, the opposite of what the government may mm-hmm. appear under the Hydra regime. And then you think of, you know, the people that have kind of gone along with Hydra, you know, were they really brainwashed? Um, you know, is when given this opportunity, will people act this way? And it kind of leaves that question. And of course, like that very last page where, you know, the guard puts them up against the wall and says, hail Hydra. Um, you know, that kind of puts that thought in the mind where, you know, was it really just made up? Am I really just a figment of your imagination or some sort of false thing or, um, you know, people being brainwashed or has it always been here? So, um, but I also love the the part too where Steve Rogers is, you know, the only reason you got here is off my name and reputation. And, and you know, he talked about saving the child and how he kind of, you know, mm. be pulled back. Um, I, I thought that was a really interesting aspect too of um, basically him just kind of abusing um, that reputation. Yeah. Um, what I think my favorite moment in the issue was when, because this is something that has sort of been over like, like sort of clouding the whole event is, is, uh, this has happened before. Like a, a, a care, a, a, a hero character has been portrayed as a villain, you know, has turned into a villain for one reason or another. And he just, he gets there and he's like, I see you, I look at you now and you may as well be a scrawl or an L- LMD. Like you're, you're nothing. And, and it's, it's like, it's sort of, uh, it just, it just, that, that moment was like, it was like, no, you know what? All of this was just another, even though it feels like this was so, there was so much and this is so significant. This is just another threat that we defeated. And I, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. I also think it's really neat that instead of just making Captain America a good guy again at the end of the, of, of the story that they actually made us, he, the cosmic cube made the real Captain America. And then there's the Hydra Captain America still exists. Um, I, I thought that was, that was really, that was really interesting. Another great, interesting, another great moment from Omega was when, was when uh, uh, basically uh, 
I think I think Hydra Cap read that uh, that bleeding cool news article uh, from six <laughs> months ago. He's like, no, but we're the ones that really won the war. You guys used the cosmic cube to make it not win the war. And uh, Steve Rogers is like, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really still think that's true? And he's like, uh, doesn't matter. You know, they've seen it this way. It, you know, it just it was a it was a really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. I, I would say I would say it is. It it was. I was saying a social commentary is basically saying the masses can't necessarily be cheap without the listen to whatever you tell them. I guess if you keep telling them, yeah, what it is. But yeah. I I don't know. It just this issue was 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 just uh, it was it was it was definitely the best issue of the Secret America or Secret America Secret Empire. Uh, like of the whole secret empire story. I think, I think it really puts a nice cap on it. Cause honestly, it's also really hard to end these stories, these big giant crazy events. And, and I mean, there are a lot of times these epilogue issues, you know, there was civil war, the confession that. Oh yeah. Nobody... I mean, you have to sort a lot of stuff out and I think people kind of want that. I, I would, I do not mind it. I wish they would just what call it 11 or whatever. Yeah. And just – I don't care. I mean call it one, you know, whatever. That's fine. But I have no problem with them sorting things out and just giving an overall general view or if time has passed mm-hmm. sort of update issues. Well, and, and the thing is like so often with these events, like like you think of uh, Civil War or Se- Secret Invasion is another one that just the last issue – I think they had not figured out that they could just do an epilogue issue at those points. <laughs> but like the last issue was – the last issue of Civil War, it was like half an issue and then half an issue of Where Are They Now? And yeah. and then like the last issue of Secret Invasion, the whole thing read as, as a – like as an epilogue. And it's like – so they have to, you know, because you have to have build up, build up, build up until the second to last issue. And then the last issue has to be both. If the last issue has to be both uh, the climax and the epilogue, it sort of it sort of limits itself in what it can do. Yeah, they're handcuffing themselves to having to tell a story, basically. Well, remember, um, oh, who was it that we talked to or met? Oh, we saw at the convention. Um, uh, did the panel? What Dirk was his Manning. name? Dirk Manning. You said you know you obviously have a limited number of characters or words that you can use per issue. So you know, I think just expanding it out or having these epilogue issues is definitely a good idea. But it also, but it also was like this didn't. I mean, there's also you could do bad epilogue issues. Like this didn't read like like an epilogue issue. Like this was it, it was. I mean, it was, but it was it was. We've got this character back. He's talking to the other. It's the it's a two guys talking issue. Well, take I remember like the Secret Wars, Marvels. I guess well, I, gosh, was it last summer's event? That was. I, I think think that, that was ha- two years ago because Civil War ago? Two was last summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought of that had a terrible epilogue issue where it was just like oh everything's back to normal, everything but nothing's explained. It was just. I don't know. I didn't think that was a very good transition over. I think the other but. thing, the other thing that, and this sort of comes back to before, to where, what I was saying earlier, like 
Secret Wars was a really solid event throughout and had some great tie some great tie-in books. Uh, it was, you know, all these like basically just like what if miniseries that were terrific. You know, 1872 was great. Thor's was great. Uh, Old Man Logan Bad came Wolf back in that, you know, um, but the main book, I, I didn't like that much. But like the fact that it was so delayed oh, also yeah. I mean, just well, really hurt. It was beautiful. But yeah, that was. That was, uh, yeah, how to delay an event 101. They put on a clinic. But it was also, but I mean, it was also like, like, that's just like, it, it was, it, it took so long until, until Civil War, II, I guess Civil War 2, they pumped out pretty quickly too, but nobody cared about Civil War 2. Um, but I mean, now you can think about how it, you know, it probably does tie in with this. I mean, they aren't really putting a lot of Marvel comic book edge into this event or in terms of like history or how long all this is kind of going, kind of going together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really tied up a lot of good ends, especially with, um, Oh geez. Uh, basically when they brainwashed all the criminals in the first place standoff. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Cause it, cause it reveals that there's that the, the, Oh man, the Maria Hill stuff in the last issue of, of, of secret empire was great. Oh like, yeah. I realized in that issue, like I like Maria Hill a lot. I'm almost never going to seek out a story with her in it. But like if she shows up in captain America as kind of a, a slightly more ruthless, uh, Nick Fury type, like I like okay. that a lot. Okay, special variant Marvel. I know you're listening to this podcast, so listen up. We'll do a Generations where Maria Hill goes back in time to a young Samuel L. Jackson playing as Nick Fury in the Ultimate Universe, and we'll do a little rendezvous spy story. <laughs> oh, man. I would read that. So, though, but here's the problem. If they were going to do a Nick Fury Generations, it would be, it would be the current Nick Fury with... Yeah. With the regular Nick Fury, but they wouldn't do that. But they wouldn't do that because they don't want you to remember that he exists. Like he's, I don't know. That's, uh, you know, he's one superhero that will stay dead. Yeah. I well, I don't know that he'll stay dead. I mean, I'm sure he'll he'll come back, but it's some way or another. But like, it really does seem like they really just want to be like, no, this other guy is Nick Fury. Like <laughs> if, you know, if they had waited like two or three more years, hell. If, if they'd have done just, just like a waited just a couple more years until the ultimate universe went away and merged with the Marvel universe, they could have, they could have made ultimate Nick Fury, just be the Nick Fury of the Mar- Marvel universe. Like people would be mad, but people are already mad. And he's at least a character. Yeah. Like the new the new Nick Fury is just I mean he's had stories and I'm sure that he's developed but like I have I have never met somebody that likes that character. I think the last time he was relevant was original sin. Well that was Well or oh yeah oh white Nick Fury yeah that was his oh, sort yeah. of that like that was his that was the point of original sin was to get rid of him. Yeah. Um I mean, and it's like, I, 
I am I am I'm really on board with legacy characters and and all this stuff. I just think that they're like, a pretty good lineup. And um, like, okay, for example, um, they're like, I'm trying to think of like they've picked up some writers like Donny Cates. I know he's going to be doing um, Doctor Strange. I believe there's another book he's doing as well. And then uh, Matt Rosenberg's taken over a lot of books. And one of them is going to be Punisher. And I don't know if you heard about this, but Punisher is given the uh, War Machine Iron Man suit or whatever um, from Nick Fury mm. to do sort of uh, his own missions on his own. So I am especially excited for that. Um. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, so I was yeah, kind of hoping much... for a I was kind of hoping for a Punisher goes after Hydra people thing. I I think that's kind of it. Yeah, that, I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see. Well, then he's having uh, a Punisher Max is going to be coming out and that's um Vietnam era Frank Castle. Mm. Oh, that's hmm. Man, but if it's Punisher Max, that means it won't be on won't be on Marvel Unlimited. I'll have to actually buy it. Oh, who was it? And it's um, uh, who's done some of his classic Mac stuff? I want to say it's uh, it might even be Rucka. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds. I was reading the um, um, the previews, and they basically and the overview was really quick. Like uh, Frank takes his men on a weekend leave in Saigon, but he has other plans in mind or something like that. So. Like, oh, this could be pretty good. So it sounds like, uh, I don't know if it's a continuation of um, the Bourne uh, Punisher story, which if you haven't read that, well, I mean, if it was a pretty good story. And it kind of um, ties in a lot of uh, interesting mythology into the Punisher. And it almost kind of gives him this um, invulnerability uh, sort of spirit over him. But it doesn't directly say it. So it's... Um, Reading it, if you take his canon, it kind of throws in a little bit of why he's able to maybe last throughout the years. <laughs> why he's why he's still thirty years old uh, for the last fifty yeah, years. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's kind of interesting how they kind of throw that on there. But uh, um, th- I mean, that's going to be coming out. But uh, you know, there's like Dark Phoenix. I'm trying to think of some other ones that. Um, I mean, it should be some pretty cool stories. Avengers BC sounds pretty cool. I'll probably check that out. Well, actually, I will check that out because Jason Aaron's writing that. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't really uh, paid any attention to any of that stuff. So that's yeah, that does sound. Neat. I I was I will say that Secret Empire definitely whetted my appetite for a good Punisher story. I really wish there had been a Punisher um, tie-in series for secret empire because his character, like I almost could see why he was following Hydra cap, but it still doesn't quite sit right with me. And if, if he'd have had, if we'd have had, even if we'd have had like a solid one shot that really explained why he was following oh, it, yeah. why he I was with been, him. I've been a hundred percent on that. I mean, I get it. I understand why he's all about following cap. But um, no, I would have, and that's something too, because I, well, he takes it a little bit hard on himself. So we would kind of like to have seen, maybe if he had some sort of like moral struggle at the beginning and something maybe would have won him over or Cap would have said something to him. So yeah, that would have been fun to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I, I strongly suspect 
that even though Marvel didn't, uh, you know, Marvel, like, everybody's like, oh, Marvel's just doubling down on the Secret Empire. Uh, I strongly suspect that they cut, that they canceled a number of tie-ins that they had planned at some point. Whether it was, you know, whether it was six months into the Steve Rogers, the Hydra Steve Rogers run. What if they had, like, a tournament bracket? I'm sure they probably had double as many or had a ton of ideas, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Cause it just, yeah. Cause there just weren't, I mean, I mean, you had the one shots, you had the tie-ins that, that were like in the, in the ongoings that many of which I guess didn't have anything to do with uh secret empire. And then you had, yeah, you had the one shots and you had the uh, brave new world uh, book, but that was like really it. Like it's, it seemed like one of the, one of the sparsest events for, for tie-ins that I've, that I've seen. I mean, of course, also if they do a, a, the other thing, you, you know what, you know what? I think I'm on board with the Punisher in the war machine suit. Cause this just occurred to me. My favorite Punisher stories are the ones where he is firmly planted in the Marvel universe. Uh, Matt Fraction's run and, and Greg Rucka's run were both uh, very much, Within the Marvel universe, even though they were, you know, both the, the two runs had very different yeah. terms, but, um, and actually toward the end of Matt Fraction's run, it sort of, he was sort of on his own, but like, like the beginning of Matt Fraction's run when he's like, it was literally involved in civil war and then like putting on his own version of the Captain America costume. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think I would give that, and they could easily do a one shot in that in that story in that series, like a, a one shot filler issue that was like, this is why I followed Steve Rogers, and then all, or they could do like the like how a lot of Wolverine stories are, where there's flashbacks throughout the whole. Thing. Oh yeah, so they could do that for like the whole arc or something. Um, I mean, we'll get a Black Widow probably issue like that sometime down the road. Well. Now she dodged death. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty interested in. I'm probably not going to read it because it'll probably be some. It'll probably be like being Thunderbolts or something. But I am pretty interested <laughs> in uh, Winter Soldier investigating to prove that Black Widow's still alive. Well, and that's part of reading the previews. It sounds like that isn't. It's, they're just not going to just find her. So. I think it's going to be, well, at least until, well, what I just read, maybe like November, December. So at least like the next two or three issues they're going to be searching for after a while. So is that in, Should, is that in Thunderbolts? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know. I think that was actually in a separate legacy in, issue in, in like winter soldier. Yeah. There might've been something else. Like okay. I, it might be, I, can't, I wish I could remember, but it, might, it was just a, another title, I believe. Mm hmm. I don't even know if the Thunderbolts bolts are going to be going on, actually. Mm. I know Zub is moving over if he's not over to a, an Avengers book already. But I didn't really recognize his name. The, the Avenger, the Thunderbolts. Avenger <laughs> bolts. Avenger bolts. Yeah, they got it. Well, because oh, like a that. team book will only sell for Marvel if it's titled Avengers or X-Men. Yeah. Avenger bolts. Men. I don't know. I don't even know if that. I don't know if that Thunderbolts run was good or not. I didn't read it, and I because it's not titled Ooh. Avengers. I guess I don't read yeah, Avengers. Yeah. I, I don't generally read Avengers books either. It's like so. Thunderbolts, and it was rough. It wasn't very good. It just felt like they were just hanging out, and they're just not interesting enough characters mm-hmm. to keep me interested. 
I really like Winter Soldier, but I do feel like he's been ever since he he stopped being Captain America, he's he's been like relegated like further and further to the sidelines or or he's had he's had books, but they've been with like B list, then C list, then D list, then like just further and further to the you know, before you know it, he's gonna be like Carnage. Like he always oh, they has want his you own to like book, him. but <laughs> Yeah. But no one really cares. Yeah. Because Venom's better than you. Spider-Man's <laughs> better than you. Well, I just... Oh, uh... Go ahead. I want to mention something really quick since you had that comment about Guardians and Pickle- Pixels. Um, I ordered uh, Guardians um, 2 a couple weekends ago. My wife had seen Wonder Woman, and she was a really big fan of that, or the Steve Trevor show, whatever you want to call it. But... Um, at the end, I was like, so, you know, obviously you haven't seen Wonder Woman in a couple of months, so got to take that in consideration. But, you know, did you enjoy Guardians or Wonder Woman more? And she said, um, hands down, she enjoyed Guardians. It was just far, way far more entertaining um, than Wonder Woman. She still thought Wonder Woman was great, but... So, I kind of hold back a little bit because, you know, maybe watching both of them side by side might be a little bit different, but... Uh, um, I'll I'll watch Guardians again when I'm in a better mood, maybe. But I want to say I want to say this in defense of Pixels because this is my my best platform for for coming in defense of Pixels. The other night I I DVR'd Pixels because it was on FX and I had always heard how terrible it was, and I was like, this might be fun to get drunk and watch. I think part of it is that I've not seen an Adam Sandler movie in a long time. Oh yeah, it's probably yeah. So and like, you, and you're drunk, obviously. Well, well, you know, the movie's like the movie's like forty five minutes long, so I probably wasn't drunk for most of it. But so first of all, I hadn't seen an Adam Sandler movie in a while. I have just the expectations enough, were low. Yeah, my expectations were incredibly low. I, I have just good, enough video game knowledge, like classic video <laughs> game knowledge, to kind of like the nods. But also not, but not enough knowledge, and I don't care enough about it to like be offended when they got things wrong, um, <laughs> which I'm sure they, did, which I know they did a bunch and stuff, and it was, but it also was like, maybe I challenge myself with my viewing too much, but I feel like most of the time when, when I'm watching a comedy that's like specifically a comedy. It's got some sort of like edge of like trying to be offensive or trying to be shocking. And Pixels was not shocking at all. So it was like it was like completely harmless. Yeah, Com- they neutered it to put on FX. <laughs> completely well, I I didn't get the sense that it was that it was uh too much censor. I mean, I think it was a a PG or a PG thirteen movie anyway. So I I didn't get yeah, I didn't get the sense that it was yeah, they, they didn't were trying to any farts or yeah. any wiener jokes or anything like that. I mean, there were, yeah, but Guardians of the Galaxy had more. Oh yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> so so I mean, like I was there were. They would cut that out for FX. It, there, FX is pretty liberal on that. Yeah, sort of yeah. Stuff. I I can't remember. There was su- there was a joke like toward the beginning that I was like, oh man, if they keep this up, I'm not gonna. <laughs> but they didn't. I mean, <laughs> It was just goofy, and it had lots of people. Uh, I think that Kevin James as president is a much 
scarier thought now that Donald Trump is president. Um, you know, because we've got a buffoon in the, you know. Oh like, yeah, no. Oh, trust me, I don't. I don't want Kevin James responsible. But for also, anything. somehow Kevin James was funny in it. Like, I don't think he's like a terrible actor, but he's just like his is a little. I mean. Yes, family shtick. The last thing that I saw him in was Paul Blart Mall Cop. And in that and that movie was terrible. He's like the Jeff Dunham of movie star acting. Exactly. Jeff Dunham is awful. Whatever. I mean, maybe it was because he was only in it a little. Like, he wasn't like a huge, huge role in Pixels. But it was like he was fine. Like, this was a solid. This movie was like a solid two and a half, three stars. Like, it did not offend me at all. And... Guardians was I specific, I actively disliked. I thought I thought had uh, a lot of uh, there were a lot of moments that could have had real real depth and real you know emotion that were that the it was that they felt like they had to interject a bad joke or a meme or it was just like sort oh, of oh yeah my wife thought it was more funny than anything and I mean a lot of it was. Um, yeah, a lot of those jokes, it was, you know, certain things like that are just kind of like calling Rocket a trash panda or or Drax, you know, making his jokes. But um, yeah, I think just in terms of entertainment, but I think that's just a, you know, subjective. I, I was entertained by Pixels. I was not entertained by Guardians 2. But I will rewatch it because I may have just been in a bad mood that night. But also Baby Groot. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we've 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 put some time into that subject. Before. <laughs> we don't need to, to rehash why Kendall's wrong. So, uh, yeah, not wrong why he has uh, an opinion held by a, a severe minority of people. I so, well, oh. I will say. I mean, I will say, like, definitely people liked Guardians too. But there's definitely a there is definitely. A, minor, it's not like a the vocal Citizen minority. Kane of Marvel movies by any stretch. But, yeah, it's definitely you know. not. Yeah, I mean, it's not as good as Guardians One. Well, for me, I think too. I again, kind of going back to it, I like team movies or being able to see a lot of people interacting. And it was basically Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, which doesn't have, but he doesn't have any cool powers. Um, so it's it, they're two different movies. They're both. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman's a good movie. Whereas Guardians is a bad movie. <laughs> um, I mean, I. I mean, we can I go to Rotten that, Tomatoes and just settle that. If you want to go like the masses, it's not a bad movie. Uh, I, I would disagree, but I mean, I don't. I also probably don't hold Wonder Woman in quite as high of esteem as as other people. I thought it was really good, but like it was a superhero movie, like a you know. It, we've had a lot of those. No, just like it's like DC just want to pass itself on the back for having a halfway decent movie outside of Batman. So whatever, put us some more good ones and I'll be impressed. Right. Don't well, I mean, I mean, you know, I liked I liked Batman versus Superman. Fine. I thought Man of Steel was bad, but like most of the bad from Batman versus Superman was like. Stuff that they kind of had to, because it was a sequel, managed to steal like it wasn't going to do it. And then Suicide Squad was um, 
had a bad story and a bunch of characters I didn't care about. So it was exactly in line with the source <laughs> material. Um, and then, yeah, Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see about Justice League and all the other ones. Um, oh, yeah, no, so it's going to be Justice League versus uh, Ragnarok, Thor. I mean, that's what people are going to be talking about now. It'll just be probably just like that. Thor Ragnarok looks really good. Like, it is It is the only Thor movie. Well, I mean, I, I was... The first two Thor movies, the first one, it was like, I'm going to see this because it's the... I mean, it was like the third Marvel movie. Like it wasn't, yeah. you know, we were just starting. And then Thor 2 was the first uh, less than stellar Mar- Marvel movie. You see, I, I still liked it, but yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was really was good. It was really thing. good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But it was like kind of up to that point, there had never been one that wasn't amazing. And Thor it's 2 the most was DC like a movie a Marvel down. has. How about that? The most DC movie Marvel has? Yeah, it's well, no, the darkest Thor, movie they have. Thor 2? I thought Thor 2 was like a comedy. Well, I know, but just in terms of atmosphere, since it's dark world, everything's uh-huh. dark. Everything in DC is dark maybe, world. Maybe, maybe. I haven't seen Thor 2 in a long time, but... Yeah, it's like, been a long time. Like, I wasn't... I feel like I wasn't as excited for that. And also, like, looking back, I don't hold, the, hold Thor or Thor 2 in particularly high in the ranking of all the Marvel cinematic movies, but I feel like I am as excited for Thor Ragnarok as I would be for an Avengers movie. Yeah. I'm definitely excited. It looks, yes. I was actually looked it up today. Like how many days left until it's right around the corner. Unfortunately, this month is going by so quick, but uh, I mean, there's a lot of really good TV and a lot of good movie stuff coming back. So have you, uh, you got to get excited. Have you watched the Orville? Uh, no, I do. Um, I gotta go back and watch it, but that's something I really do want to catch. Um, so it's not amazing, but what it is, is a solid Star Trek show. Like, like a, like, is it like a space quest? Uh, no, no, it's, um, so what it is, is it's a, it's like a, it's like it's like if in the nineties it's like, like in the nineties like somebody else made a Star Trek, like because okay. <laughs> Star Trek was really popular. <laughs> just like a knockoff. Like just it's sort of a knockoff Star Trek that's I am a hundred percent okay with with it being a knockoff of Star Trek. And I like Seth MacFarlane, I'd give it a try. I mean I, I want to. And it's it's not super Seth MacFarlane-y. Yeah, it's, I wasn't imagining like you know, accents it's, of Brian or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly it's mostly uh, just a just a Star Trek show, and then they talk about going to the bathroom. <laughs> Is it like the running joke? Well, I mean, it's not really a running joke, but they do acknowledge that toilets exist a lot more than in most TV in most TV. Like okay. it's not it's not overly. It's not overly like obnoxiously so, but yeah, I mean, there's no. You had me mention toilets a lot. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, and it and also, um, <laughs> it's it's also very clear that they're um, not parodying, but like, I mean, maybe parodying to a degree, but like, in very inspired by Star Trek the original series, okay, um, and sort of the 
inherent campiness of that. Yeah. As opposed to, uh, as opposed to trying to be like a Battlestar Galactica or, or trying to be a super crazy, goofy parody. Like they're just sort of, they're like, this is a, and there's jokes. It's, Sometimes it feels like an like an office, not like the office, but like an office sitcom, like a like yeah. a sitcom that take a workplace, like a workplace, workplace sit- sitcom. Space. You know, they're... see, no, I think that's kind of funny too. I mean, that's if you basically that's probably what they thought of is like, okay, what if we just did a uh, a Star Trek version of The Office? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's and it's Seth MacFarlane's Jim or yeah, Michael I mean, or whatever. I mean, like like uh, the first officer is. Is uh, Seth MacFarlane's uh, ex-wife. So there's like you know, there's like the passive aggressive insults to each other, but then also there's like the sexual tension, the will there, won't there, whatever. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's definitely worth it's definitely worth checking out. Um, I mean, it's not going to change anybody's life. It's not going to be anybody's favorite show. But like, I don't watch any sitcoms anymore. I need a sitcom that's not awful. <laughs> no, it's, like, they're few and far between. I just feel like, I feel like TV now, and maybe this is just my perception or whatever. There's not enough mediocre TV. Oh, there's plenty of mediocre. TV I feel like there. it's all either bad, like terrible or like super good or super innovative. Uh, well, yeah. Now, um, are you a Ricky and Rick and Morty fan? Do you ever watch that show? Uh, I've no, not really. Uh, it's yeah. I would recommend that. It's always pretty good. I'm show. sure it's good. Like I'm it. sure it's good. But like again, it's like it's like over the, the top. That, well, that's Rick's the always for drunk. The sake that it's so popular. If maybe if you would have caught it about a year ago, you'd probably be able to ease into it a little bit better. I'm not trying to say that you're a certain way or not. <laughs> but I'm thinking like I think you'd probably have maybe an easier time with it if it was. Uh, well, no, I just earlier. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I'm sure I could get into it, but it is like, I, it is like sort of, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's over the top <laughs> humor and it's got, it's got a crazy, crazy convoluted storylines and stuff. Like it's not mediocre and safe. Well, no, no, exactly. That's yeah. That's something too. Which is, I'm trying I mean, to think of like, uh, I mean, you could basically just turn your TV channel to spike and watch anything on there. If you want mediocre TV. Because somebody's always going to rescue a car or rescue a bar or do some other stupid stuff in terms of reality television that you can watch. Well, so. I don't mean – no, because reality TV is bad. I have a very specific definition of what I'm looking for in a mediocre sitcom. Okay, then take, then just turn on the WB and watch that for for a little while. Like, uh, like – like powerless fit that niche for me. Like oh, it wasn't yeah. great. I miss powerless, but it was, but it was fine. Um, and and I think that I think that uh, the Orville is is gonna is gonna fill that niche for me as well. Like it's just yeah, there's just so many, there's just so many bad, there's just so much bad TV and oh yeah, and and it's not bad. It, no, and and Fox owes him for the Cleveland show, for Family Guy, for all that sort of stuff. They're probably like he's probably like you owe me you know at least two to three seasons of this so <laughs> you can probably expect to go for at least a couple. Of he seasons. just gets to do whatever he wants. Yeah, he probably he's like you owe me. I mean, come on, you know, those shows are going to make you money or have made you money forever. So, 
All right. Well, I think we can uh, probably end it there. I think we uh, successfully derailed everything. Uh, if anybody, if anybody was still listening after we were speaking sentence fragments about DC heroes and Marvel heroes and which <laughs> what letter of the alphabet they represent, uh, good more power to you. <laughs> oh, and uh, something else really quick. If anybody has seen David Lamb, um, <laughs> please notify us. Uh, because you could be a missing person. That's David Lamb, L A M B, animal. Because he's gone missing for at least about a month now. At least, so. yeah, at least like six months, right? Someone yeah. has his phone and messaging over his messenger. <laughs> we have not seen him. So maybe call the authorities. All right. Don't call with, the cops. With he's that, he's, he's, he's fine. He's just hanging out with his girlfriend. It's fine. Yes. <laughs> All right, uh, until next time, keep reading those comics. Yes. Yes.